Hello once again, everybody, to the 12th episode of the Stick and Puck podcast, the long-awaited trade deadline episode. I'm joined here, as always, by my co-host, Jack. Jack, say what's up to the people. What's up to the people? And I I, I don't want to waste a whole lot of time um, with uh, introductions, Um, so let's just let's just jump right into it let's let's get to the people what get to what the people want to hear uh trade deadline recap and the first trade that you have up here is Timo Meyer to New Jersey I want to hear your thoughts about that okay so the the trade deadline I feel like overall is the east was the buyers conference and the west was the sellers conference right <laughs> because just every player it seemed like was going from the west and Timo Meyer is no exception to that I mean with just this year left on his contract, it made sense for New Jersey to make this move. I do like New Jersey's chances of re-signing him, but even if he's just a rental, I still think the price was a good price for them. Yeah, um, so I think it's a great trade for New, for New Jersey. They got a top scoring forward and a, a solid defenseman depth piece along with that trade uh, without having to give up a whole lot on their end. I think, and the Sharks still got some, you know, decent return um, for it, but I don't, I don't see why you make that trade if you don't think you can re-sign them. So I think it's good for the Devils, but I think the Devils think they can re-sign him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, a 23 first and a 24 second, and a pros and a couple prospects still doesn't seem like it's a ton. Yeah, it didn't. It, when I looked at it, it didn't seem like an over overpay to me. But the move, I don't think the move makes the Devils contenders. I don't think it puts them over that hump. I mean, it's a, it's a good move. It's it's definitely it's definitely a good move. Yeah, it. I agree. If they can re-sign Meyer, Meyer, and I know this is a major if, I really think they're definitely in content. They definitely open up a cup winning window in the future. Just if they can maybe get one more piece in free agency, and then go over there. Although the free agency pool is kind of small this summer, but. I just feel like the Devils are just like this season. They're just so bipolar. Like they can, like they're, like I feel like they can never seem to like click for long stretches of time. Minus the the, the win streak, obviously. But I just, again, I'm I'm pissed that that all these trades are coming in to um my fucking division. It's 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 so annoying that all these. And we'll talk about more trades, obviously that into my division but it's just really annoying because i was like seeing these reports that the the penguins were in on meyer or it was definitely like a player that we wanted to get and he just goes the it's it's frustrating really but you know yeah um so we could talk about a trade that went into my division and that's jacob chikrin moving from arizona to ottawa i don't think it makes much sense for ottawa to make this trade i I feel like their window is longer term that their window that will open with new ownership coming in is longer term. 
So I don't really see, I think it makes much sense to give up a 2023 first for a player that ha- only has this year and then two more. Yeah, I when I saw that trade being made, it was another thing that frustrated me because a defenseman is definitely a need that the Penguins, is definitely something that the Penguins needed. And another player that I thought we would be all in on. I mean, it's a it's a common theme throughout this uh, just list of all these players who I wanted to come to Pittsburgh, but Ron Hextall didn't make a ton of uh, moves. Um, but I feel bad for Trickering because normally, normally at the trade deadline, you're one of those like high sought after pieces. You don't go to a team who's not in contention. Yes. And Ottawa is certainly in that group of not in contention. So it, to me, it didn't make a whole lot of sense for Ottawa, but I think the reason why the senators made that trade and why they made it so quickly is because they had the draft capital. They had enough capital to give up because they've been mid for so long. And that Coyotes could have gotten more in return or Chicken could have ended up with a contender if their demands weren't so high. Like none of these, like none of these teams that are in contention for the playoffs have that much draft capital to give up or are willing to part with that much draft capital. So you're sort of going to have to give them to a team that's not that good. Yeah. And I mean, Obviously, Arizona doesn't really care where he goes, especially if it's in the East. But I feel like with he, I feel like the way this was set up, he was always going to go to an Ottawa, a Montreal, a Columbus, maybe. Yeah, but I definitely feel like this the the Coyotes could have gotten more, or they could have gotten better players if their trade, if their if their demands were more player base based and less trade like picks picks based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, it's just that Arizona is currently trying to put out the worst possible team they can above the cap floor. Right. So this was kind of always bound to happen. Yeah, I just so does Ottawa would Ottawa keep him for another year after this, or is he a, is he a free agent? He has, after this year, he has two more years on this contract. Oh, okay, okay. So, I mean, are the Senators two years out? Maybe. I, I don't think so. But, I mean, if they keep making moves and, you know, new ownership comes in and they're looking to make more moves, then who knows what can happen. Yeah, if Ryan Reynolds gets his sugar mommy or sugar if, daddy or whatever if, it is. Yeah, if Deadpool comes in, Deadpool can save him like he did. Um, God damn it, I forget the name of that that football club that they he owns. Wrexham. Yeah, if if he uh, he can pull a Wrexham. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Patrick Kane. No, the Rangers did not give up a first round pick for this, mm-hmm. which I find kind of insane but Patrick Kane had the no trade clause he said I want to go to New York or nowhere and he mm-hmm. went to New York yeah I mean it's a massive W if you're if you're a Rangers fan and if you're the Rangers because you know that the Blackhawks had little to no leverage 
in in anything involving trade talks with Kane because Kane had that no move clause and Kane as far as reports said really was only going to go to the Rangers. He didn't want to go anywhere that would have been willing to give up a massive amount for him. So again, um I think it took Kane a couple of games to score. Um for the Rangers, it took him. I think it took him like two or three games to score for him. Um, I would say with Tarasenko and now Kane, you think this team are cup contenders, but they haven't exactly looked like world beaters since the trade deadline. I mean, they lost to they they lost to the Penguins three to two in overtime last night, and then barely eked out a win against the Sabers, who. Even though they are in the wild card playoff push, whatever the hell, they're not they're not that good. And in a team at the Rangers caliber, I think they're first in the Metro or second in the Metro. Um, you, you can't be you can't be getting into tight contests with with wild card teams and teams that are hoping for a wild card spot. That's not going to be a great formula come playoff time. Mm-hmm. The other thing, and this is why I look at cap friendly, is. If the Rangers make the Eastern Conference final, that 2023 second becomes upgraded to a 2024 first, which is top 10 protected. I had no idea that was the case. And that thank you, Cat Friendly, for that. But I I find the prospect of the Rangers not making the Eastern Conference final, considering they avoid Boston and Tampa and Toronto, rather unlikely at this point. Yeah, I, th- I mean... I don't know. They have a really good top six. So, I mean, uh, them making the ECF is is possible, but uh, the Eastern Conference is just, it's just a gong show. Absolute, just, just, even the even the even the teams that hold wildcard spots are competitive. So it's just, and you mentioned at the top of the episode that like the Eastern Conference was the buyer's conference. That's because the Eastern Conference is, and again, it's it's coming back to my East Coast bias, is is way more competitive right now than the West Coast. I mean, all these teams that are still in, like, contention for a wild card spot, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And then you just, it just gets to a point where the, t- I feel like the team out of the East might be so beat up that when you have a Colorado or an Edmonton or LA or Vegas coming out of the West that they'll have a chance at it, even though they're sort of smaller on talent. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's move on to the next trade. And this one involves um, a player that some people have been calling Dmitry Skorlov or Bobby Orlov is another one I've heard. And that's Dmitry Orlov and Garnett Hathaway to the Boston Bruins, giving up among a few other things, a 2023 first, and then Don Sweeney decided I need to make another move because this team just isn't good enough and acquired Tyler Bertuzzi from the Detroit Red, Red Wings and gave up a 2024 first-round pick. Yeah, so the Bruins right now, in my opinion, are who the Rangers want to be. The The Rangers are striving to be the Bruins, but the Bruins are just on a whole nother, like level right now. Um, the move for Orlov and Hathaway, I thought, initially – was a weird move for the Capitals to make, um, considering that Orlov is, is pretty decent. I thought Hathaway was a Hathaway was a meaningless kind of throwaway player, like here have him. Um, but 
I just, I just thought that it was going to be a who gives a shit trade, like really. Um, but Orlov has has come in and just started tearing it up, like you like you said, and so. I think the trade has definitely paid uh, dividends for the Bruins. I mean, you can speak more to it since you're a Bruins fan. But, I mean, if Orlov keeps playing the way he's playing, um, I don't know. Do you guys how much do you guys retain his contract for another year? Is he a free agent after this year? He's a, he's a free agent after this year. Yeah, I don't know. Hathaway might be a Hathaway might be a rental, but I think you might have to consider resigning Orlov. I mean, if he does continue to play the way he plays. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what our sort of cap situation is going to look like this year. It looks not good at this point. Yeah. But, I mean, Orlov has 10 points in eight games. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know that's a small sample size, but he's had a complete – he had 19 points in 43 games for Washington in comparison, but that's a complete sort of renaissance for Dmitry Orlov. He definitely fits well into Jim Montgomery's system where the Bruins are doing much better with defensive scoring. I mean, he has three goals in those 10 points. I think he yeah. fits really well, and I'd love to see him back next year. It's just, it's just can we make the money work? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think that, like – like Orlov was good on the Capitals. I didn't think you, I didn't think you like giving him a change of scenery would make him 10 points in eight games. Good. But I just think Bertuzzi, Hathaway and Orlov, these are all just, I mean, Bertuzzi is a, is a big move for any team, for any team, but for Boston, I feel like it's just like, it's a, it's a good move. It's just something that helps strengthen your team. It just help. It just gives you that little bit of depth. Mm-hmm. That 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 you need, and it's not like a blockbuster. If Bert, like Bertuzzi to any other team would have been a blockbuster, but to Boston, it's like, oh my god, they're building a goddamn super team. But it, I don't know. You guys seem to be uh, un, unstoppable. I mean, other than losing to Detroit yesterday. Yeah, I'm going to caution this as I always do with. Tampa in 2019 seemed unstoppable, and we all know what happened to them. So I'm not ready to sort of count my chickens before they hatch here. I'm definitely going to wait and see what happens come playoff time before I make any super bold statements. I mean, we're going to play – we're going to end up playing, if we get to the end, four very good teams Mm. just because of the strength of the Eastern Conference and then in the final, the best team in the West. We're going to play four strong teams, and you need a strong team to do that. And I think we are a strong team, but there's no guarantees. Yeah, I truly, as of right now, don't think there's a cupcake team in the East. I don't think there's a team who you can really write off as, oh, these people are – this team is harmless. This team isn't going, to, isn't going to do anything. Because I feel like all of the teams right now have an ability to make noise in the playoffs. Um Maybe maybe that team is, is the Penguins, but I don't know. We've been playing pretty, we've been playing pretty okay hockey down the stretch. We had a not so great loss to Florida, but uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bloodbath this year. I feel like yeah, I think definitely. it's just gonna be like if you guys stay healthy and with these trade moves you've made, even if you can't stay healthy, you got all this depth. Yeah. So I'm going to go sort of out of order because I want to stick to talking about the Eastern Conference here and talk about the move Carolina made, which was bringing in Shane Goss to spare. 
I think this is a good move for them. I really do. Even though they just had to give up a third round pick, and even though it's a lot of money and not necessarily a career a team changing player, I think it's good to add to their defense. Yeah, like like you said, I think it's a it's a move that just it bolsters the defense. Um, and for the uh, for the Coyotes, I feel like for a team that wants all these certain things for all their great players, you only get a third round pick for him. I mean, I don't know, but I like Gosses the underlying numbers are good and he's a good defenseman on a really shit team. So he's only going to, he can only go from a shit team to a really good team and, and get better. There's, there's no way he gets, he gets worse. So, you know, being a good defenseman on a team that's already good defensively is, is really good for, for Gosses It's a good change of pace for him. Yeah. I'll, I would say I'm excited to see what he can do in Carolina, but I'm not excited to see what he can do in Carolina. Assuming we've eaten an Eastern conference final. Uh, I'm also not excited for another team to in our division to make a good move, especially Carolina, because the Penguins, how things stack up right now, we play Carolina in the first round of the playoffs. And I don't think we, I don't think we've beaten Carolina at all this season. So Mm -hmm. not a great move from that perspective, I guess. Yeah. All right. Now moving on to the sellers conference or the Western conference. One team that did add was the Los Angeles Kings, who added Jonas Corpusalo and Vladislav Gavrikov for a conditional first-round pick and Jonathan Quick to Columbus. Now, Quick eventually got moved again, but what do you think? What do you think about this move for the, from the standpoint of the LA Kings? Yeah, so for the Kings, I think they really wanted really wanted Chicker, and I think it was reported that he, they that was that was their top target, and I think they also wanted Vimelka, who was the Coyotes goalie. Um, but the price was just too much, so they had to back out. Um, so they went for some second-rate settlement um, in Gavrikov and Corpusalo. Um, I'm not mad at them getting Corpusalo, but I, I, Corpusalo is definitely an upgrade from Quick. Let's be honest. Quick is fucking cooked. I mean, he's he's a great he's a great goalie. Um, but he's on that, he's on that downward decline. Who knows? Maybe a change of scenery will, will do quick some good, but Corpus Allo, obviously an upgrade. Um, but for me, it's like, who do you start now? Do you, do you start Copley? Do you start Corpus Allo? I mean, they're both not like amazing goaltending talents in my opinion. They're both kind of okay, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you're the Kings, it's it's not what you wanted, but it's a good compensatory thing. Yeah. I'm going to be honest here. I don't really see the Kings making it out of the first round, even with these moves. Mm-hmm. Even th- right now, they're supposed to play Seattle. And I know Seattle's another big wild card, but I just don't think LA has the both scoring talent and goaltending. If they play Edmonton, they're going to get absolutely rolled, I think. I don't know. I don't think Edmonton's all that good. I mean, they have McDavid and Dreisaitl, but outside of them, they're kind of. Yeah, I mean, they proved a lot to me winning that series against Calgary, even though they got swept by Colorado. Mm-hmm. But I still think there's room for them to grow. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the Kings are making it out of the first round. I don't think anyone considers them to be world beaters. It's just 
They needed goaltending. They needed the defenseman. They they clearly didn't get the guys they wanted, so they kind of just scrambled to pick something up. And I mean, Gavrikov is. I mean, he's again. It's another example of Shane Gostisbehere is a decent defenseman on a bad team. So if he goes from one team that's bad to a team that's that's good, I guess you you can only hope for him to improve as a defenseman, but. Again, I I don't know because the holes on the Kings are on the defense. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then another team in the West that made moves was Vegas, both acquiring Jonathan Quick and Ivan Barbashev. Now, Vegas is a team I could definitely see making some noise in the Western Conference. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's right... win- Sorry. Can... Yeah, I mean, right now they're expected to play Colorado. And I think those are probably the two best teams in the West right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be hard to picture Quick in in a non Kings jersey. I think he's already played. Uh, I know he's already played a game for for the Knights, and he he didn't look that great. I mean, he gave up three goals. They got the win, but. Um, but like for Columbus, it just sucks. Like, cause you trade for this guy and he's like, fuck you guys. I'm not playing here. I don't want to play here. He essentially forced his way out. He was on that team for like, what, 20 minutes max. Like, I don't even, but I mean, for, I mean, I guess if you're, if you're Vegas, you needed, you like Vegas needs goaltending. Vegas needs decent goaltending. I don't think, I don't think you necessarily get that in quick. I mean, you get a guy who's, who's, I've said this earlier, but he's cooked. Like, Quick is not that good. So, um, you kind of just hope if you're Vegas, and it's kind of been the it's kind of been the story of Vegas this season. You win in spite of your goaltending. You win because you're pretty much, you're you're built well offensively, and your defense is gonna is gonna give up not quality shots. Like your defense is gonna force teams to give up force teams into non-quality shots and i guess that's what you hope you hope that quick stops the shots that the defense gives up because yeah, they don't I mean, look, chances. yeah i mean looking back to mark on for flurry there's nothing vegas loves more than wash goal pending so uh i mean let's be honest i'm being honest right now quick is worse than flurry quick is way worse than flurry because when they got Flurry, Flurry was not washed. Flurry was old, but he wasn't washed. I Flurry led him to a Flurry led him to a cup run and then won a Vesna. Flurry Flurry was not washed. So um Flurry is washed now, but he wasn't washed when the Kings had him. Um I mean nothing. He wasn't washed when the Knights had him. I think Quick is He's on his way out. I don't even I don't even know how old he is. How he's got to be in his thirties. He's he's old. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's thirty seven years old. He's I, I I didn't think he was that old, but Christ Almighty, like I don't understand why you make a trade for a thirty seven year old uh, goal. Yeah. It doesn't make a it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But and then um one more trade that I didn't mention is Winnipeg acquiring Nino Niederreiter. Nino Niederreiter. Does this do anything for you with Winnipeg? I'm gonna be honest. No, I mean <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I, I mean Winnipeg is Winnipeg is Winnipeg. You know, it's just a decent regular season team underperforms in the playoffs. That's that's 
that's their mo. Does you know need a rider really help cure that? Uh, I, I don't think so. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a, nah. It's kind of a, I don't really care move if I'm being honest. Yeah, it's definitely fair and about the same way I think. Any other trade deadline moves you want to touch on before we move uh, on? I guess I want to touch on uh, the Penguins signing Mikhail Granlin and Dmitry Kulikov and my rant that. Ron Hextall didn't make any moves that I wanted him to make. He basically came out on Friday was like, yo, we like this team. He was like, how the fuck do you like this? We're so bad. He didn't make any moves. And and on top of that, he makes moves for three defense. Like it was like, like two defensemen. And now we have too many defensemen on our roster. So we're cutting good defensemen. We're playing Mikhail Granlin and, and Dmitry Kulikov over P.O. Joseph, who is arguably our best defense. It's just, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I mean, I, I don't see how you can look. I don't see how Ron Hextall could look at the team and how they were performing so poorly because we're performing better. Um, but before the deadline, we were performing so, so, so bad. And Hextall doesn't make any moves worth a damn. And uh, it was the thing on Penguin Twitter to be like, oh, Ron Hextall is a flyer. He's always a flyer. He's a covert agent sent in to destroy the penguins which is like uh, i could definitely see that because he's definitely not helping the penguins at all um but yeah we got rid of brock mcginn who i was hoping okay. with because mcginn didn't do anything and we also traded teddy bluger i think we traded him to the knights for some guy who hasn't played and then we traded i forget who we traded for benino but we we got benino which is like you know it's that's that feels like just it just felt like fan service like, I was like, all right, cool. And now Nick Benito's fucking hurt. He played for two games and he's fucking hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, one more trade deadline acquisition I want to talk about is Barry Trotz, the National Predators as GM. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I w- that was actually so wild. That was I know. wild. I didn't expect Trotz to be like – I didn't expect Trotz to, like, want to be a GM. I felt like – I felt like coaching was more of his speed. Like that's like he he never made any implications uh, during any of his interviews that he that he gave that he was like, oh, I want to I want a new challenge. But the new challenge was always like he wants to go coach somewhere that's going to be like that's going to be like a dicey team. That's what I thought. And then he's and then I see the freaking update on my phone that the Predators have gotten Barry Trotz's G like, okay, I guess he has no managerial experience, but let's just, let's just shove him at GM. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand this move at all for Nashville. He won a cup with the Capitals and then he brought the Islanders to the playoffs, then missed the playoffs with the Islanders. (laughs) So let's make him GM. Okay. (laughs) Let's make the guy who, let's make the guy who said he wanted to retire and take time off with his family. Let's make him GM make sense but i mean great hockey mind i don't know now someone who is a great hockey mind is jim montgomery because he led the bruins to clinch the playoff spot on march 11th (laughs) which i'm gonna Uh, which i'm gonna brag about yeah uh boo uh your team is stacked (laughs) um and then you guys you guys, you guys, um, shit. You guys won. Uh, you guys, it was a back to back, right? It was a back to back. Yeah. Yeah. You won on Saturday. I was like, okay. Uh, you guys, did you guys, 
it was the Red Wings both games, right? If I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah, you beat the Red Wings. Uh, 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 let me say, you barely beat the Red Wings on seven. Came um, down from two nil down. Doesn't matter. It doesn't. Yeah, you were down two to nothing. I yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, I was like, okay, okay. They they beat the Red Wings. I was like, and you guys are like, you guys are like minus five hundred to beat them yesterday on on Fanduel. I was like. Oh, well, this is gonna be great. This is gonna be great for my for my little parlay I'm gonna make here. And then you guys fucking lost. You guys <laughs> lost. I don't. Was it? Clo- I don't even think it was close. It was like um, so, it was, it was like so four, we went, was it an empty net? It was an empty net. So, so we went down four nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. You guys were losing four to nothing. You guys went four nothing, and you teased me. You came back in the third period, and you teased me. It was like four to three. I was like, oh, maybe they won't choke it. And then yeah. you did, but I mean, it, it didn't end up, it didn't end up mattering at all because my, my, uh, Houston choked against Memphis in the, in the, I forget what conference there. And it's like the American conference or something. The American conference, yeah. yeah. They choked that game against <laughs> Memphis. So I, I, fuck me for believing in Houston in, in, in March. That's, that's, that's my fault, I guess. But Jesus Christ. Oh my god, I hate Houston, but that's a whole different sport entirely. We don't need to get into that. Hopefully that sound went through. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Well, I was just banging, like they bang on trash cans was the joke. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not the Houston I was talking about, and the sound did not go through. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well then, um, in the Western Conference, there seems to be sort of a demarcation between the eight playoff teams and the eight not playoff teams. Any chance for you that Nashville or Calgary can make a run and get in? Um, well, I was looking at this. I was looking at like what like the stats earlier. I don't. I don't think Calgary. I don't think Calgary's in it. I think Calgary's out of the mix. Um, All right. As as far as it goes right now, because they're. They're they're five points they're five points behind Colorado, and and the they're they're seven points behind Edmonton, and they have the same amount of games played as Edmonton, and Colorado has three games on hand on on them. So I think it's getting kind of fucking dicey for for Calgary unless unless both teams go on some major skid, and honestly the the Avalanche don't look. You, you were talking about how the Avalanche – the Avalanche don't look so great right now, but you never know. Um, I think Nashville can definitely, you know, I think Nashville, they have the same amount of games played as Colorado who holds the second spot. They're only five points behind Colorado, and they're only seven points behind Edmonton, but they have three games on hand on Edmonton. So I can see Edmonton going on a little bit of a – going on a little bit of a downward, especially considering how – Inconsistent both teams are Edmonton and Colorado. I can definitely see Nashville m- making that run, but it's going to take some sort of like historic skid for yeah. them to make it. I, d- I just don't see after giving up Niederreiter, after giving up Tanner Janot, after giving up Matias Ekholm, I just don't see it from Nashville at this point. I mean, yeah. I mean, they were sellers at the deadline, but you kind of have to be sellers in their position. But I, I can definitely see just 
based on how like inconsistent the two wildcard teams are in the West. Mm-hmm. I can see Nashville making that run. But I think Calgary, uh, you, you didn't say whether you think Calgary's out of it. But oh, Calgary's, Calgary's, com- Calgary's completely out of it. There's yeah. there's no way Calgary is making room. Um, and then the East, I th- I th- I think Pittsburgh is. I'm pretty confident to say Pittsburgh's gonna make it. Yeah, we the talked others, about. Yeah, sorry. The other spot, I think it's a toss up between Florida and the Islanders at this point. Yeah, um, we talked about um, the East, the Eastern Conference wildcard spots in our last episode a little bit, but I think that Pittsburgh is hitting their stride a little bit right now. We're we've we're definitely playing better hockey. Um, this this stretch where we play the Rangers twice this week, and we've already played them once. It's going to be a big it's going to be a big test, especially down the stretch here. Um, but I think we, um, we have one game on hand on Washington. We have one game on hand on Florida and I just, I can see how the Islanders can fall out, but I think it's going to take some like, and the Penguins have been really shit this year. Like the Penguins have been really bad. So it's going to have to, it's going to have to take some sort of like gigantic level, like cataclysmic levels of, of shit for the Penguins to to drop out. like, And I don't even think, like, there's so many players on the Penguins right now who don't deserve a roster spot. So if those players get hurt, like, I don't even think that's a detriment. Like, if Mikhail Granlin gets hurt, that's gonna it's going to suck ass because we traded for him inexplicably. But Joseph goes right back in, and Joseph is a better defenseman than Granlin. Or... or Dumoulin gets hurt, and Dumoulin's been shit this entire season. So, P.O. Joseph goes in his spot, or a winger gets hurt, and or like Jeff Carter gets hurt, who's been kind of bad this season. And we get like Drake Kajula, who we called up for one game and then sent down to the minors. He played well, but nah, Mike Sullivan, he loves them veteran presence. He loves he loves the shitty veterans, bro. He loves Jeff Carter. He loves. Oh my god, it's it's so frustrating. But you know, the reason why the Penguins are so good right now, the reason why we're hitting our stride is because we waved Kapanen. We're like, we're like, eleven and one since waving. No, it's, it's not that much. But I think we've only had like, I only only had like two losses since waving him. And then, dude, I remember, I forget. We like waved him. Like it was either the game we played the, the game before we played the Blues. And we waved him the game before we played the Blues or something like that. Or we waved him the day we played the Blues or something. And the Blues picked him up in the same day. I was like, okay. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I don't think we could have gotten value for Kapanen, so just wave him at this point. All right. Let's let's move on to the picks. You You made three points up on me last week, and now you're only eight points back. I know. I saw. I was like, let's go. I was like, I'm making ground. All right. So we start with, on Tuesday, Washington at the New York Rangers, televised on ESPN and Disney Channel for some fucking reason. Disney XD! (laughs) I I don't understand it, what they're doing with that, but there's some broadcast on Disney Channel, so expect a rant on that next time. It's like when NFL does Nickelodeon. 
The MVP, Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> That's still funny to me that that happened. But it was Ranger, Rangers and Capitals, who do you like? Uh, well, I think Washington is uh, down for the count this season, as, as one would say. Um, Thursday night was the last time I watched a Caps game, and they lost. Oh, shit. Who did they play? Might have been the Devils. I don't remember, but they lost. And they lost in, like, a shootout. And I was like, what are we doing? Um, but I think the Rangers, they desperately need to rebound after only being the Sabres by a goal and then losing to us. So, uh, give me New York in this one. Just – Yeah. They need a good I, They need a good little fucking team to, like, stomp on. I feel like Washington's, like, pretty good for that. Yeah. I feel like the Washington Capitals only exist at this point to get Ovechkin the scoring <laughs> record and do not care about how they do in actual games. Yeah. Um, I think this is the time the Rangers need to turn it on, and I think they're going to do that. So I'm going to take the Rangers as well. When, Wednesday night, a game between two te- two good teams. This, it's a big game for the Avalanche to start to get up and try to solidify themselves in that last wild card spot. They, they head to Toronto. And who do you like? Yeah, so I watched the Coyotes game uh, where they played Colorado, and I think that was on – must have been on Saturday night. Or, yeah, must have been Friday or Saturday night. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. But they just they just looked lost. Like, they just looked slow. And even though they won in overtime, I was just like, how, how are you letting the Arizona Coyotes – compete with you at home. It just didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I think Toronto's really coming into their own. Um, so give me Toronto on this one. Yeah. I mean, Colorado's last lost four of their last six. And I mean, they've lost to four playoff teams being New Jersey, Dallas, Seattle, and the Kings, but and they play Montreal tonight. I just don't feel like you can be on that level and beat a team as good as Toronto, especially with them coming into form. So I'm going to take Toronto as well. Now, I saw what you said about Pittsburgh and the Rangers playing twice. I originally put it on as the sat, just put in the Saturday game. And then I'm like, fuck it. Let's just pick both of them. So Pittsburgh and the Rangers on Thursday. Yeah. So it's a rematch of Sunday's game. And if Sunday's game, was indicative of how the rest of this, you know, week series, I'm going to just call it a series, um, is going to play out. I think it's, it's entertaining hockey. It's, 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 it's hockey that people should tune into because that game, um, that game on, on Sunday had every sort of like just a playoff atmosphere. And it, it makes sense because, um, we played them. We played them in the playoffs last year, obviously. But it was just, it was really fun watching that game. You know, um, Truba laid a pretty. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but Truba laid a pretty. Uh, it was a clean hit, but I thought it was kind of, you know, it was kind of a nothing burger. It was kind of a meaningless hit. Um, on Alex Nylander, the Penguins took exception. It got chippy, and I just. This is all indicative of how the Penguins play in Montreal tomorrow because, obviously, I don't have that benefit of seeing them play in in my pick now. But I think I'm going to take the Penguins in this one. 
Yeah. I think that they, I think that it's very likely that Pittsburgh and the Rangers split these two games this week. Yeah. I th- I think the Rangers will get more momentum for beating Washington than Pittsburgh will for beating Montreal. Mm. And I think it's just a toss up at this point. So even that little factor is just going to lead me to picking the Rangers in the first game. Mm. All right. We're going to go out of order because let's just get right into Pittsburgh and the Rangers on Saturday. Yeah. So I think this is just like, it's, it's going back to what you just said. Um, Again, this is all going to be indicative of how the, how the game turns out. On, on Thursday, but I think that, well, at least in my prediction, the Penguins win the first two games, and I don't see us sweeping the series, of course, um, because the Rangers are the Rangers, and the Penguins always play the Rangers. Um, the Penguins always play the Rangers really, really dumb sometimes. So I think the, the, the Rangers will probably get this win on Saturday, but I think the Penguins, the reason why I picked them to win on Thursday is because despite what the scoreboard said, the Penguins, I feel, controlled the pace of play through the first two and a half periods better. And that game shouldn't have gone into overtime because the refs decided to miss a interference call on Malkin on that game-tying goal. But that's why I think um, – the Penguins will win on Thursday, and then the Rangers will take at least one of them on Saturday. Yeah, I think I think about the same thing. I just have it the other way, so could be an opportunity for one of us to make up four points, which will be fun. Um, and then the last game, this is Friday night, Carolina heading to Toronto. Yeah, so uh, I just think Carolina is again really. Two really good teams, Carolina and Toronto, but I think just Carolina just gets the edge in this one. Um, they're just – Carolina's just really good, so I think I'm take yeah. Carolina in this one over Toronto. I mean, Car- Carolina plays Winnipeg on Tuesday, which is a tough game for them, but they'll have an extra day of rest, but they're traveling. I think that's about a toss-up. Um, I just – I just really don't know what to make of both of these teams. I mean, they're both very good teams, but I just don't know which is the team that's going to make the push. I'll go. I'm going to go with Toronto just because they're playing at home, but I think this is pretty much a toss up. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, that will conclude the 12th episode. Unless Jack, you have anything else you'd like to add at the end of this um one more thing is another team the minnesota wild decided to advertise pride jerseys and then not wear them which pisses me off i mean it it sucks it's it's stupid um but now the nhl has has opened all these doors for teams to kind of bend the rules so you hope that shit gets sorted out but it's the nhl so I doubt it'll get sorted out. In any yeah, I agree with that. Any assessment. sort of actual sense. Yeah, I definitely agree with that assessment. I mean, I just hate how every NHL player is required to wear a military appreciation jersey, but you can't put Pride Night in that bucket. Yeah, I mean, it's just, again, it goes back to what we said, you know, a couple, of, I forget what episode it was, but Christ, it must have been a couple months ago. Um, Just 
Provorov sitting out. It's just like, uh, and everyone's uh, everyone's up in arms because he's allowed to do that. But if some Russian player who is like, I don't like that the U.S. military is, and this is just a hypothetical. I don't think this would ever happen. But if like a Russian player decided to sit out of of uh, military military appreciation night because he didn't like that Joe Biden or the president of the United States was giving military aid or giving weapons to to Ukraine. I don't I don't think people would be happy about that. But with this kind of double-edged sword that you're laying for yourselves, like, I just, you can't have it both ways. You can't, you can't have it. It's his, it's his belief that, so let him sit out. Okay. But if a player wants to protest U.S. military aggression, you, you have to let them, let, let them do it. But again, Republicans, um, who are the majority of hockey fans, uh, won't see it that way. Yeah, that's all I have. Well, guys, that on that note, oh my god, on that note, that ends the twelfth episode of the Stink Impact Podcast, and we'll see you guys again soon.